welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 466 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. How are you, Sean? Are you, you missing me? Oh, totally, totally. I mean, I've been I've been stuck to you uh, like a Siamese twin for the last few days. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, a bit of a bit of an off the cuff episode here. So um, we did mention it last time out, I think. But Sean and I have just spent four days, pretty much, or three nights uh, in Amsterdam. Um, yeah. And it's funny when you say I've just been I've just done the school run, so I've been I've told a few people, oh, yeah, yeah. did you have a nice weekend? Oh, yeah, we were in Amsterdam. It's People kind of reply, oh, were you with the lads or were you getting stoned? Were you getting drunk? Yeah. It is is all about um, the attitude from here of Amsterdam. Seems to be about sex and drugs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's not like that at all, really, when you're there. Well, it's uh, not. It can be, you know, we kind of, we'll we'll go through that. We waltz through that that section of the city and... uh, yeah, but that's not why we were there, really. Or well, it didn't turn out to be anyway. We, we kind of let the the wind just take us, didn't we, for a few days, and we uh, did pretty yeah. much nothing but learned a lot. So we're going to do a little episode here about what Amsterdam taught us, um, what our trip taught us, and uh, yeah, just hopefully there's so much we can bring back in that's blighty here that <laughs> I think uh, our listeners hopefully will appreciate. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, liveinthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links, and you can sign up to the mailing list there as well. You met someone on the train on the way back, didn't you, Sean? Who's uh, we might have at least one new listener. So hello to that person, whoever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, a lady who um, uh, I think is going to change career and Ooh. start doing more kind of psycho-based caring work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she does she does very important sport work at the moment, but. Um, yeah, and uh, interesting uh, conversation that grew out of the fact that she pulled a copy of the uh, Psychologist magazine out of her um, out of her bag. Ah, uh, and you couldn't. And it became that, the topic sure. of conversation. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, every time I turned around, I couldn't leave you alone for five minutes. I'd turn around and you'd be chatting to someone else and chewing uh, <laughs> their ear off. But that's yeah. it. But that's that is a kind of an important thing about somewhere like Amsterdam. Because in somewhere like Amsterdam, it's not abnormal to turn around and talk to somebody. Mm. And somewhere like Liverpool, if you did turn around and talk to people in the same way, people would think, what do you want? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about that. We'll, we'll just flow into the episode. because yeah. Uh, yeah, just a little bit of background. Um, I was invited by clients who uh, works in kind of clean tech sector, um, kind of future of you know gadgets and well electric mm-hmm. cars and renewable energy that kind of thing so uh, they were doing an uh, they were exhibiting at a show called the fully charged show uh, fully charged is a really cool youtube channel which is does like car reviews and e-bike reviews and you know um yeah. environmental stuff like that and it's grown ma- quite massively actually and now they do events around the world um yeah the, my client was exhibiting in amsterdam and i thought oh i fancy going to that one they gave us some free tickets so thank you to hire to fully charged recruitment yeah. For, uh, yeah, and is in on the fun, and we took it as a bit. Of, well, I took it as an opportunity 
to go and explore somewhere that I haven't been for a while. Um, and uh, I thought, oh, who, who can I bring along for the, the ride? And I thought of my good pal, Sean Orford. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I chose you, man, because we had some fun, didn't we? It's good. It was, uh, it was, it was a, good, a good place to be, good things to learn. Mm. And the, the whole exhibition uh, conference space was, um, was good. That was... Uh, yeah. And some amazing products there. I can't get over the fact that there is a bicycle uh, which has a boat on it. It is the boat is the bicycle. It's like a tricycle with a boat on it. But it yeah. actually goes into the water and then is powered in the water. There's also like a caravanette as well. Yeah. I, was, I was stunned by this. Yeah, it was amazing. It's like all, all mm-hmm. power here. Amazing. Um, yeah, there was some cool stuff there. Uh, it was quite a smallish uh, little exhibition, but... We had to go on some e-bikes, didn't we? And I had to go on a little electric motorbike, which was pretty good fun. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, I mean, I was there also on a bit of a secret mission to just experience uh, the cycling culture of, of the Netherlands because it's that stuff that I'm obsessed with. And I came back kind of learning that it's, it, yeah, there's a, there's a YouTube channel called Not Just Bikes. And, you know, I, I now understand why it's called that because, it's not just about the bicycles. Everyone, you know, there's so many bikes in Amsterdam. It's unbelievable. Uh, mm. um, but it's the kind of ability for the, that kind of culture to shift the kind of vibe of a place um, and the kind of the noise and the atmosphere. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's it was just mind-blowing. I've seen it in videos, but I, I can't, yeah, I still can't quite believe what I've witnessed over the last few days. It's kind of, yeah, I feel like I've, I was dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, we should say also that we travelled there because uh, I was using some money from a business I have, which is environmental. I'm supposed to be doing environmental work locally, so I used a bit of cash I had lying around to, to fund it. Uh, so we got the train, the eco option. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite surprised for a start to learn that you can get a train direct to Amsterdam from London, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And it stops at Paris. It's the Eurostar, and it stops at Paris and Lille, then Brussels. And Rotterdam and then on Rotterdam. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we were delayed on the way out, which we by three hours, and we found out in the end that it was because of a mad, huge electrical storm that had passed through that part of the world, uh, which we didn't know at the time because I wish they told us though. Uh, but what, what was your initial experience about traveling by train over that kind of distance? Have you done that before, Sean? Because normally, I guess yeah, it's something that most people just hop on a flight, won't they? Yeah, I've, I've never been that far on a train. Um, uh, but it, it's a very easy environment to be on. And there was like a, a cafe and a restaurant on the train. And you could stroll up and down the train and get a coffee. And, you know, uh, it, it, it was a very easy way to be. I mean, to me, f- flying, although um, not very good for environmentally, from a, a kind of a a social point of view, it's kind of an easy thing to do. You get on a plane, you sit there, you know, you read your book, you do whatever. Um, um, But this experience, and I I think that this is the thing for me, is that when I get on the plane, I get on a plane and I sit there and I'm in, I'm me in the seat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This whole process of getting on this train and being with people on a train Became like a social event, mm. and that that the kind of the sociality 
Is that a word? Sociality. It should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, sociability isn't it? of uh, of of the group on the train spread into the whole thing about being in Amsterdam, mm. and and I think that the biggest thing I bring back from this is is um, I think the nearest word I can get to it is community. Mm. I actually saw community in from several angles, whether it was the train, whether it was being in Amsterdam and the different bits of Amsterdam. Um, but I saw people actually being together in a very kind of kind and calm way. Um, and I'm thinking, why aren't we all like this? Mm. Um, and and which was is quite a dynamic for me. Was, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I was sort of trying to remember that Amsterdam maybe, and we were staying right in the centre the center of Amsterdam, you know, and uh, we did we did hop on some bikes and get out into the sticks a little bit, which took like 15 minutes. And we were just out in the most beautiful yeah. part of the countryside, you know, by some, by the river with people rowing along and uh, paddleboarding. And it was just idyllic, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. But we had a, we had a good, uh, or we, we found who is now a friend uh, called John, who uh, we'd met at the show or through yeah. someone from the show who yeah. like just instantly like decided to take these two fellas that he'd met the night before out on a, <laughs> <laughs> on an hour and a half, two hour bike ride, just to show yeah. show us the sights. So uh, thanks to John for taking us out and uh, yeah, fun. guiding it's us. Really good. I asked him really. I, I was not that I'm looking for negatives, but like it seemed like we were in a paradise, and there must be things under under the surface in the Netherlands that were going wrong, or you know, kind of cracks and all that that appear. But from what he said, and he's lived there for eighteen months, two years now. I think he said it's a bit of a yeah, it is a bit of a paradise for kind of living and working. And um, he hasn't got a family yet, but I think he will do soonish. And he's planning on sticking around there. So it did seem like quite a special place, didn't it? <clears throat> it, it reminded me of the concept uh, of Huga, the mm. that kind of Nordic idea, uh, which is like family, community, you know, looking after, um, and it, it felt like. Uh, Huger I'd read about and talked about but this was it felt like a lot of it was Huger in, in action mm-hmm. um, and the other thing that is that people were very polite there was uh, you know people would there, there was no kind of get out of the way I'm coming through it was like people flowed together and made sure each other were okay um, which is quite extraordinary to, to observe from my psychologist's head to observe it going on, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure the Dutch people eat grotty cheese sandwiches and, and get fed up and, and get scrotty. I'm, I'm sure that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, the overall atmosphere of this experience is like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. My, my history is not too hot. Um, but yeah, I know enough to know that kind of the Netherlands uh, and the empire that they built was similar to the, the British Empire in some ways, you know, because I think it was a bit of a race between them and us to kind of expand as quickly as possible many, however many hundreds of years ago. <clears throat> so, you know, the, the, the vast wealth that that country has um, was built on some probably not too uh, nice behaviours and that kind of thing. So I'm conscious yeah. of that interesting to know if they their, their experience a similar kind of nervous breakdown like we are about it in terms of mm-hmm. 
toppling statues of you know folks that got stuck in mm. slave trade that kind of thing uh so yeah i'm keen to learn more on that front um but yeah i, I want to talk a little bit about the, the quality of the public realm like in terms of the Again, Amsterdam is a bit of a special place, as many cent- like cities in in Europe are. So it, it might it'll it will get different as you kind of go out and you go to other cities, even which perhaps aren't quite as beautiful and and perfect. But mm. there was a kind of it wasn't it, in some ways it wasn't perfect Amsterdam. It was kind of there were the buildings are amazing. Those kind of the houses that around the canals and the layout of the place is crazy. Mm. But there was kind of a it was imperfect in many ways in terms of the way that some of the some of the vegetation was growing and yet and some of the boathouses were a bit kind of grotty and that kind of thing uh, and yet it kind of came together to make something that looked looked incredible and just felt you just felt like you're in a dreamland walking around didn't you mm. yeah and and the thing is that yes the, the kind of you know when you get a grotty bit it's it's a grotty bit of reality it's like it's like it's, it's, like it's not a stage set Mm. It's, it's a community of people living together, um, and 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 that sense of things not being quite perfect to me is is part of the perfection of, of society. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I love as you now know, Sean. I love walking down side streets and like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I know that very well. Now. Like, I'll, I'll look down an alleyway in any city, whether it's Newcastle or Liverpool, and I'll, I'll make a decision like, oh, I need to walk down that one or not. There's plenty of side streets <laughs> and alleyways in Liverpool that I wouldn't want to <laughs> walk down. But I kept seeing in Amsterdam these beautiful little alleyways that had kind of, you know, bikes parked up everywhere and like trees and plants spilling out into the street. And they were so inviting, weren't they? They, they kind of demanded that you kind of walk down them just to see what was along along the next one <clears throat> so what is it um you may not be able to answer this we might need to study it but it's like what is it that made the netherlanders hook, hook into bicycles and actually because i mean everybody had a bike and and i mean bikes that were like uh, load carriers that had um full of kids um, you know, mums taking kids to school, and then they could be like three or four kids in in the the holder of the bike. Yeah. Um, and it was all everything was normal. People were moving um, goods around on bikes, mm-hmm. and it's like, what is it that made us go towards fuel driven um, answers, and they went towards leg driven answers, accepting the fact that a lot of the bikes. Uh, now are, are electric bikes well, yeah. uh, and electric um, vehicles of different sorts. But yeah, mm-hmm. loads of electric bikes over there. Even though it, you know, as we saw, it's quite a flat place, and that's people's instinctive response to the Netherlands that it's flat. Um, although the, some of those little bridges over the canals are quite tricky to get over on a you know, bike. You know, when when you <laughs> since my COVID nineteen and my my kind of weight loss, muscle mass loss, uh, that bike ride really was interesting for my legs mm. and and when we came to some of those hills uh, and they weren't hills really in the sense that we talk about them but they were hills for me and my legs were like bloody hell mm. um and and i'm right down in in the gear one and pushing away like crazy and you you two have disappeared into the distance you know um but it, it's like that 
it, it's not that flat. You know, you you got to be fit to to cycle. And, and I, I I don't know what the stats are on that. You know, are Netherlanders uh, more mobile in later life? You know, how how does it work? We we need to check this stuff out. Because yeah. uh, and, and there were people of all ages on bikes. They weren't just all young people. No, not at all. It was yeah, yeah, absolutely all all walks of society getting around. So mm. yeah, there's a there's a cool little video I'll link to in the show notes. But um, the du- the Dutch took a political decision in the in the seventies to kind of go gung ho for for walking and cycling. Partly two reasons. One was on that there was a fuel crisis then, um, which kind of they were rationing oil and uh, decided to kind of do a lot of car free days and events and that kind of spilled into designing safer infrastructure and so that people had a little bit of safe space on the roads to, to ride a bike and then there was mm. also like a some pretty heavyweight serious camp road safety campaigning i think a, a good group of people were sick of uh, the amount of road deaths in the netherlands i think there was one year when it reached like three or four thousand child fatalities just child fatalities on the roads with, um, wow. with cars and a small group of like very serious campaigners uh thought that that was unacceptable. And they, they faced a similar kind of pushback that I do as a road safety campaigner um, from, from people that were kind of getting quite used to getting around in the car. And they called it Stop the Kindermort, which is Stop the Child Murder. So it was quite a really hard-hitting campaign. Uh, and that combined with the fuel crisis worked. You know, so for 40, 50 years, they've been uh, designing their roads to be safe by design, really, so that if people want to walk or cycle, for short journeys, they can. They do have a lot of cars in Holland. They do actually drive more than us per person. It's hard to believe it in the city centre that we saw, but uh, mm. they do have their issues now with uh, getting people out of cars. But they seem to have a better overall fallback than us in terms of public transport and that kind of... I think we could have cycled to Utrecht, which was the kind of nearest next city, which in probably about two and a half hours, and we wouldn't have had to interact with the driver at all. It was just safe safe uh, junctions and then you, once you're in the countryside there's just paths that take you city to city so uh, mm-hmm. I want to go back and try that actually just to kind of uh, see how yeah, yeah. go <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I, I've come back with a uh, a realisation that I need to use my bike more um, and uh, you know get the moth walls out of it and, and clean it off and 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 use it more appropriately. Mm. Um, uh, just just that whole idea about you do not need a car for the people. The, the other thing that that struck me, I, I know the exhibition and the conference that we we've been at was about um, electrical vehicles. A lot of it that we were looking at, mm. um, but there were there were a lot of electric vehicles on the roads there. And the, the biggest difference to me was the, was the noise. Yeah. It was, uh, you'd hear these things and they'd whoosh by. You could hear them, so they didn't kind of scare the willies out of you. They was like, they, they'd whoosh by. Um, but they, but it, was, it, 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 it kind of added to that sense of the peacefulness of the community. Occasionally you get some mad idiot, wouldn't you, who was suddenly going, Rrm! Yeah, and I know, they really stood out, didn't they? Mm. ones that, that did that yep um but they really stuck out like a pimple on a pig's bottom i mean it was it was like you know huge yeah yeah 
Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I, was, I don't think I ever saw in, this, in, in and around the city centre, I never saw a traffic jam either of more than three or four cars, um, which when you, we arrived back in uh, London, come out of St Pancras and walked along to Euston and you just, it's just, it's just bumper to bumper yeah. buses and cars and engines chugging away. Mm. Um, and it's, and when you give people the opportunity to use other modes by giving them a safe walking, safe cycling and good public transport, the trams looked awesome. We didn't get on one, but the trams were kind of rolling by, yeah. uh, ding, dinging their bells and that kind of thing as well. Amazing. So, uh, so people that do need to use cars and did need to, taxis they had lots more space and much less time wasted at um you know getting going between traffic lights so uh yeah lessons to learn there for, for cities really because the other car i saw a sign up that said it's quite a famous dutch sign and it's a picture of a person on a bicycle in white with a red car behind them kind of in silhouette uh, and the sign uh, the words underneath say or translate as um, cars are guests so it means basically don't overtake cyclist um you know you just need to go at the same pace that the, the person in front is going whether they're in a car mm. or they're on a bike and it kind of lets people know okay. that yeah your car is a guest whereas in cities and towns in the uk uh the car is promoted you know and as, when i'm cycling around liverpool or birkenhead i feel like kind of an imposter like i shouldn't be there because the people in cars are going about their important business you know getting to asda or primark or goodness knows what and i'm the kind of I'm getting in the way of their important business, you know, it's a strange feeling. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The other thing that surprised me, we, we were by the Van Gogh Museum mm. and uh, there was a guy on a very expensive looking bicycle um, who came up, parked it, didn't lock it, just parked it <laughs> and walked down into the garden to have his lunch. Yeah. And I, and I thought, could you do that over here? Could you just leave your bike and know that when you come back half an hour later after you've had your sandwiches, that it's going to be there waiting for you? I know it was the same with the, the electric cargo bikes. I've got an electric cargo bike, um, and uh, I know how much they cost. They're like four or five thousand pounds for those. Mm. A lot of the front loading ones we saw were the Urban Arrow brands. Yeah. They're really expensive bits of kit. But yeah, same. I saw mums and dads and people of all kinds just rocking up to a shop parking outside they have little cafe locks they're called so just a little pinch pinch lock that kind of slots through the back wheel um, so you can't roll the bike away um and then you but apart from that people weren't locking them to trees or fences a lot of the time there were some you know they were being left overnight maybe but and also i mean apart from the expensive electric bikes there were a lot of really cheap looking heavy dutch bikes that were obviously not even worth stealing. They know that's the kind of daily get around. So they just kind of leave it, yeah. leave it wherever and you'll know that it'll be there in the morning. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not worth someone's time taking it really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I was thinking of words that would describe what I was feeling about being there. And calmness is one. Mm. There's that calmness and community. But the, but the word that came back to me over and over again was flow. Oh yeah. The things flowed together. There wasn't mm. a conflict between the car and the person and the bike and the road and the, the junction. It was like everything kind of flowed together because it, it was like a level of awareness or awakeness that people had to other people. I know. I was kind of conscious of trying to get into that flow when we were on our bikes because 
in the UK, I remember when we were crossing the road as pedestrians. I wonder if they've even got a word for pedestrians in, in Holland because we're so used to kind of giving people labels, aren't we? But I remember we were waiting to cross at a zebra crossing and we had priority because we were the pedestrians and someone on a bike, a girl, kind of cruised through before us, right in front of us. And in the UK, uh, I've seen videos and I would probably get my back up a little bit because they didn't stop, you know, and there would be a letter in the Daily Mail and there'd be videos of the kind of these horrendous cyclists that don't give way. But then I, you kind of realise that when you're watching the flow of things with cars and bikes, mm. people walking, that uh, it's kind of safe uh, and that, that it's important that you kind of let that person go through because they've got that momentum on their bike or in the car. Uh, yep. and you know that they've seen you and they know what they're doing. Uh, and that yeah we're all kind of flowing through this space together and there's a re- yeah there is a kind of mad beauty to it isn't there yeah yeah almost like sort of like a balletic mm. kind of flows yeah yeah so yeah i'm going to bring that back to my learning and my uh road safety campaigning a little bit because uh yeah we've, we've messed things up so badly over here on that front <laughs> I, I, I think i mean obviously we, we live in um merseyside and um when I look at what's going on in Liverpool and the potentials, because there's a lot of, of, of the main road areas are being developed and the potentials to get the flow going mm. uh, is, is really there at the moment. And I wonder whether we will succeed with it. It'd yeah. be lovely if we could. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, well, we're at a fascinating time, really, for uh, on all that kind of transport stuff. But, yeah, you know, I've speak to transport officers and people out to design all this stuff in the UK and uh, it's going to be hard to get my point across about the kind of cultural different changes we need to mm. make as well, as well as the physical changes to the public realm. And it takes time, doesn't it? I mean, you, to build a culture like that, that we witnessed over the last few days, not just the kind of the, the flow, but also the the look of the public realm, the feel of it, the way that every, everything seemed to kind of aged in, you know, it's, it mm-hmm. takes, it takes hundreds of years to, <laughs> to build that, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, you can't just whack a bike lane in and a tram down the middle of a, a road, um, and expect things to change overnight. It takes a long time for, for habits to change and for for culture to to grow. Yeah, mm. and and for people um, to be respectful enough to allow people to use the bike lane, as it were, mm. you know, without without the motorists going, oh, I was you just stolen part of my road. Um, rather than allowing it to, to be in the flow. Mm. Yeah, I did hear there was a bit of telling off going on in terms of, you know, I heard heard the odd horn go on a car and I heard yeah. um I think I was told off by a a cyclist um uh, with a who dinged a bell at me because I wasn't in the I wasn't far, far enough to the right so that cause some of the cycle tracks are actually quite narrow on certain roads just because space limitations. So you have to you get a ding from behind and usually it's a polite kind of one just kind of likes to say I'm coming through, I'm a bit faster than you. But I did notice one I got told off and she kind of pointed her arm saying, move over. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not quite as angry or telling off as a, the blare of a, a car horn or something like that or someone shouting, yeah. you know, obscenities at you. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I want to go back there again and um, uh, with, with the eyes that I've, I've opened in the last few days being there, I'd like to go back again and look at it again in other ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah same. Uh, I want to go live there, to be honest. I was looking at house house prizes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have a tough time 
yeah, convincing the family to to move. But well, yeah, we'll definitely. I want to go back with the family actually, and the kids, and yeah, um, and experience it from there. But it seemed like a very family friendly kind of country and town yeah. as well. There were, yeah. I mean, even when we were walking through from our from the station to our hotel, we had to walk through the red light district. We had to, and uh, mm. but even that, <laughs> no it didn't feel overly seedy and like a dangerous place. Um, no, no. You'd walk through it, and then the next the next parallel road, you'd be just in a set of normal apartments with kids playing uh, out the yeah. front and all sorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that kind of, there was a flow to it all, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's the word flow. That's the word I've got stuck in my head, mm. is it flowed together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, well, we'll put some links up. I might even remember to, I'll put some links, a uh, link to some of the photos I took so, uh, so people can hopefully yeah. immerse themselves in our little... Uh, a little weekend away. Yeah. Um, certainly, certainly recommend a visit to people. Yeah. And, yeah. and and to experience the train. Yeah, try the train yeah. if you can. Yeah, I think it was about, well, it would have been if, if we didn't have that delay, but about four, four and a half hours from London. Yeah. Which, considering you're passing through three three countries um, and stopping a few, it's uh, I think that's a reasonable amount of time to... Um, to expect yeah. to travel that distance, and, and if, if you think about about um, aircraft and having to kind of get there and all the, all the mucking around you have to do to get on and off planes, uh, the the time would would have been okay, would have been a bit shorter, but not that much really. No. Mm. No. And it was like a little mini airport experience, wasn't it? But much faster and like customs was, was yeah, happier and it didn't feel yeah. quite as uh, kind of kind of in your face as, a, as an airport customs place. It was a bit bit more chill yeah. than I wanted. <clears throat> yeah. That was cool. It's good. All right. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I'll put a load of links in the uh, in the show notes. And, yeah, thanks for joining me, Sean, because it was a good laugh. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Thank you for inviting me. Mm, no problem And so I'm, I'm going I'm to write a blog later today, having yeah. considered it, and I'm not sure on my results yet because I need mm. to play with that as well. Same. Yeah, same here. Actually, I'll just I'll post a load of links to stuff that I yeah that I've seen yeah. found and there. That's good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Just go. Yeah, go. It doesn't have to be Amsterdam. Yeah, like so, you can get the train to Paris and Brussels now, and uh, yeah, just go and experience somewhere else, I guess, and start to think about what lessons you can bring them back to the place that you you inhabit. Be nice if they had um, uh, on the Eurostar trains if they had more bike facilities so you could actually take your bike with you yeah could, yeah. yeah i wonder about that and I, I, you can get the ferry across as well i think that's a bit easier to transport bike yeah um, yeah. yeah there you go we'll get there all right sean cool you have a good uh enjoy the rest of your day yeah and you i will see you next week okay yeah. over and out see you later everyone you take care see, see ya. ya bye bye, bye. bye.